Hope this sounds okay. I'm using my uh, earphones by the beach. But it's been um, super interesting lately in my head. <clears throat> Where I feel like I'm able to really see my own why did I do that stuff? You know, all of us, I think we do this certain pattern or two or three or 10, where every time we do it, we say, why do I do that? But you never notice that you're doing it when you're doing it. And so I've been working on discovering what those things are and also seeing when I do them. And man, some of them are so, such strong impulses. <clears throat> it's really like what, uh, you know, again, I bring a lot to the Bible just because I studied that book a lot and I know the metaphor as well. But in the Bible, uh, I think Paul is saying, like, I know the good I want to do and I can't do it. You know, I'm a double-minded man and there's all this stuff about your flesh and I think he's just talking about like you know the skin robot that does those automatic things when you're saying why did I do that well who's asking the question why did I do that you say well I am and then you say well who did it and you say well I did But it's not true because when we say I, it's like that's something we're doing consciously. I choose, I love this, I, but a lot of times we're just doing something and it comes automatic. And I think that there's some that are, you know, they're all good. I was going to try and make some judgment about good and bad on it. <clears throat> but I'm starting to doubt that there's really good and bad. It's only our idea of good and bad that makes us sad about things. <clears throat> now we can say this looks detrimental or whatever, or, uh, you know, I choose to stop this, but then it's just recognizing that you're making a choice to stop it because it's what you prefer. or to, to engage in an activity, but keep in mind how often we find ourselves in a place where we say, why did I do that? And it's often tied to the things where we go, oh my God, I always do that. There's just something about us that's hard to see in our own selves. So I've been working on figuring out like, well, how, how do you see that stuff? Like, is there a system you can develop that's replicable, as modern science would say, 
And it just works when you apply it. Like exercise. Like, just go out and take a walk every day. And I guarantee in three months, you'll be feeling and looking better. If you're not taking any walks or exercising at all now. Just a walk. Go out and think. And it's when we take care of the things that we're ignoring. For me, it's like always paperwork, detail. It's the finishing things. I love to get things started, and I hate to get them done. I don't even know that I really like to get things started. I like to think about the best way to get something started. Or it's almost more like I feel like I'm an antenna sometimes, and I'm just picking up on... A radio station you know like if I'm working with a client then I pick up I tune into their radio station and I try and broadcast their message on that frequency that's all I think that I really do I think that's all I'm good at and the problem with my setup is I don't know how I'm feeling I don't know what I'm thinking most of the time And sometimes I'm working on something for someone else because I'm just getting into their flow. And then I'm realizing, slowly, I don't like this person's flow. But I can see that I can still help them. So I'm like, well, I'll just finish helping them and then I can go. But, you know, people that need help often need more help. And you find that they're an empty well that you pour water into rather than one that you get water out of. They're a drain, not a well. <laughs> not to say that it's bad. It's just, you know, you help a little bit and you realize, yeah, this is the limit of what I can do. But I'm not good at recognizing that limit for myself. So... Also makes me weirdly controllable by my crowd. I have to be very careful about my friends. It's something I've always been pretty smart about. How do you avoid the people in your life that would distract you from your ultimate goal? Which mine is, I don't know, figure out if there's something hidden in plain sight that we can learn about and enjoy together. I guess that's what my life's about, you know. When I was a kid, I wanted to be a youth pastor to explore those ideas and I had the most violent response I've ever seen from my dad. It wasn't violent because he's not at all a violent guy. Very peaceful, actually, on the outside. Um, but, you know, just emotionally, was I could tell he was so upset when I was 15 and said I wanted to be a youth pastor. And I was so mad at him for so long for that. And it just, it made me dig in even worse, you know, even harder to this one little niche of thought to just prove that it was okay so I'd get permission. Because I feel like that's what I'm doing with everybody, even like with students in class where I'm kind of the quote, adult in charge. 
it's like, man, are you getting this? Is this fun? And if they're not responding well to that, then I change it. I make, you know, I make changes. And it's, it meant a lot of hours for me, a lot of time that I almost didn't recognize the time go by because I get into a pretty serious flow state. And what I'm really trying to do is figure out how do I let everybody see we all have a part to do and we all screw up sometimes. And if we just stop fighting about it and start cooperating and how we can do just our part and you do your part, it sort of works out. And, you know, the blind spots that I have, I've noticed and feel like I've had it verified with some research that all of us have those blind spots, but it's kind of like, imagine, um, you know, people standing around a circle looking in, you know, they're looking into the center of the circle. It's like, you can't see what's behind you, but the person right across from you can see everything behind you and they can't see what's behind them. Like it really, just when you stand face to face with somebody, how hard it is for me to think about a face to face, one on one situation and they scare me but when we do that we can see all of the blind spots of the person we're talking to but if we're focused on us just like they are that I'm forcing my blind spots onto everything. Because I force them, you know, like imagine if you're looking, standing <clears throat> in front of somebody and they're forcing you to stare into their eyes and pay attention to exactly what they're saying. You sort of lose sight on what's going on around you. You know, our attention is either focused to a point or sort of to a field. We, got, we have like two versions of focus or attention, I should say. <clears throat> and the best thing that we can do is when somebody says, man, I disagree, oh, this isn't working, oh, this doesn't seem right, oh, I don't like this, you can ask them why. And they may, if they're immature, they may just start ranting and railing, well, I don't like it, well, because I just don't, well, because I was taught that's wrong, well, because... And they'll be pointing at something in the past instead of something in the present. And what they're saying then, and what most of us often do, is that we're saying, well, I don't like this out of habit. I don't like this because I was taught or I have a practice of not liking this. And some of us have so much pride in the fact that we hold on to our beliefs and we don't change and we are firmly blank. Another name for that is rigid. But another thing to consider with that is that when 
you're not changing, you're not growing. Growth is change. Hopefully, your body, your thoughts, your mind, your maturity, your ability to comprehend complex situations and relationships is much better now that you're an adult than it was when you were 15. And that was better than when you were 13. And that was better than when you were seven because things change real fast down there in those young ages. And a lot of that crap that we have in our heads comes from that time when we were changing so fast, we weren't paying attention to the messages that people were putting in our storybook. And that's why we feel out of place because we are trying to live someone else's story. We're ignoring what's right in front of us. We're ignoring the path in front of us because we're paying too much attention to the person, the principle, or the pre-made decision that we walked into it with. And we don't allow ourselves to learn, to get any more information. It's like, nope, this is what I think. Nope, this is what I think. Man, and I used to be like that. I'm sure I still am, because I think it's a personality trait. You know, some people are really just like, eh, whatever. But I'm one of those people where if it doesn't make sense, it like hurts me. It's like, uh, feels like some kind of weird torture. Especially if it's like, it seems like the answer should be obvious or could be easily obtained. And it's elusive. That's like induces this weird panic for me. It's crazy. It took me a long time to see it because I thought, you know, I'm like, oh, my emotions are swinging out of control. And they are, but it's because my mind is just stuck on something that's so deeply ingrained and I'm realizing, man, it doesn't work, it doesn't work, it doesn't work, I gotta let go and um, it's this fear of letting go. It's like, it feels like, yeah, it feels like when you're a little kid and you get lost at the mall and you, you don't know who to look at, there's just all these colors and patterns and voices moving by and it's just, you can't identify anything. That's how I feel. And what I've been working on myself, really my whole life, is how do you identify your parts, you know, that bring you joy or bring you suffering and identify a way to create a life that helps you balance all that out somehow. And because we're all different, of course, the answers will be really different for different people. Which kind of brings me to my point. If we're all the same, we all have the same weakness. And it doesn't matter how big of a dragon, you know, we build, we are. 
even if it's just one missing scale, that's enough for us to be destroyed. And if we're, if we could be open to the fact that maybe we just don't have it all figured out, Man, I do not have these answers myself. I struggle with this, but I think I'm developing a system with a lot of help from a lot of input from a lot of very different people. I think humanity might be discovering kind of our core parts of personality. And, you know, when I say that word, I don't mean like, you know, do you like punk rock or do you like, pop and do you wear pink or black and what do you talk like when I say personality I'm always talking about you know like are you one of those kind of like go out there and get it people or are you one of those kick back and chill people or are you one of those bitch about everything and gripe all the time people that's personality it's like uh, the things that you always end up with the wrong friends or boyfriends or girlfriends, or husband's wife. What are the things in your life that people go, oh my God, you always do blank. Or, oh my God, you are so good at blank. And it surprises you when they say that. It's, it's all of these parts that kind of come together and make us humans you know we're all the same species but just like dogs there's like different uh, breeds you know a sumo wrestler is way different shape and build and needs than a jockey just like a sports car is different look and build and needs than a one-ton pickup truck And so what I want to do is just figure out a way to explain some basic, I always call them handles, you know, like these handles you can hold on to to start grasping these concepts, hold on to them long enough to just get out of your own perspective and go, wow, people really see it that way. Oh, is that what those people mean? And I think that I'm good for the job because I'm, as I said, I'm pretty good at figuring out the basic pattern of a person, you know, kind of their, the way they respond to things, not like their tone, like I can't mimic their voice, but I can almost mimic their like response patterns. And that kind of helps me. Well, that's sort of how I understand people is how they consistently act, I kind of look at that and like, okay, this is sort of your main twist. And being a teacher and a youth pastor, especially of creativity in teaching, where I was 
actively teaching kids to find their own answers rather than to remember the answers that I had given them. Same thing in church. What do you believe? Here's what I believe. Here's what the church believes. But do you believe it? And if not, why? And I didn't ask those questions like a lot of youth pastors do. Well, I think maybe the first time I did. Yeah, there's a while I probably did. But most of the time, I don't ask that question just to develop my argument for the kid to try and convince them to be on my side, which was churchy for a long time. But it's more like, man, are they seeing something that I can't see? And by understanding their pattern, I can kind of use that pattern to analyze my own life. You know, you like take it backwards, triangulate backwards on your own position. So the goal is to try and figure out how to explain this system to people. And I don't know if it should be a book or a podcast or whatever, but I'm right in the middle of this exhausting task of um, recovering my health, which honestly I believe is attached to a lot of this psychological, mental anguish, whatever this is. But it's like I feel really like I'm at the end of the of the journey. Well, the end of I'm sorry. I should say I'm at the end of the letting go of a lot of the ideas I thought I'd never be able to let go of and assumptions, you know, and really opening myself up to amazing new possibilities and the craziest stuff keeps happening when I do. Which is, I think, what the Bible means when it says have faith. And it's what go get it, think positive people mean when they say think positive. It's the same thing. It's what we need to do to learn to surf the ups and downs rather than get crushed by the waves. Yeah, you got to teach yourself to swim, and that means overcoming the fear of water and then the discipline of learning to swim. And then if you want to be able to swim any day, anywhere, then you need to learn to swim in rough water, too, and how to deal with moving water and keep yourself safe there. It's so fun. But life is more like moving water, ladies and gentlemen. It's more like seasons. It's way more like the way a human changes as they grow from an infant to a child to a preteen to a teen to a young adult. We're all the same person, but we're so different at different parts. Life is the same way. 
And if you think that the plan you came up with 10 years ago doesn't need to change, you're right and you're wrong. Because if you came up with it yourself and it's your plan, then it may be the right plan and you're going about it the wrong way. At the same time, you need to be open to the fact that you may have not made this choice yourself. It may have been your community or culture that kind of talked you into it, this belief. You got to figure out what you really believe and if you really understand it and if you really want to do it. Starting to ramble. I'm too busy looking for coconuts on my morning walk. But the goal now for me is to develop a system that's pretty clear that I think pretty much everybody can understand. Well, let me say, let me say not pretty much everybody, that the typical 15 to 22 year old could understand and of course adults can understand it too at that point but i want to make it accessible enough for a, an intelligent you know disciplined 15 year old kid to get it and if they want to grow and they want to change and they want to see if they can make their life better than what it is because our life is exactly what we choose it to be. Things happen, but then the way we react to it is way different. We all endure tragedy. We all endure loss. We all endure challenges. We all have what we call unmet needs. And it's up to us to fix it for ourselves. What most of us are doing is we're leaning on something else. Mommy and daddy, my money, my status, my fame my popularity, my relationship, my stuff, my pets, my degrees. None of that stuff. None of that stuff matters when you're laying on your deathbed. At least not to me. Maybe to other people, that's all you ever think about. Maybe I'm doing it wrong. I understand that's a possibility, but it's the only way I can do it. So, super excited about everything that's coming in my life. It's so weird how different I feel physically, emotionally, I guess psychologically, motivationally. I think it had something to do with my health. And I think it had 
in my physical health, my body, but I think it had most 99% to do with my mental health. And the fact that I was just stuck in negativity because it was a pattern that I saw. And I think that maybe just in my particular culture, because of my particular personality, I saw things that bothered me way more than other people. Was, you know, like they were in my, they were in a lot of other people's blind spot around me. And for me, it really bugged me. And to figure it out, Help me triangulate and figure things out and make predictions and then see those work out. So, all right, I'm rambling, but think it out loud. And I think I finally found a tribe, a new tribe. It's only recently, last month or two, I let go of the church and realized I can't go back there for the kind of conversations and spiritual journey I'm on, so how do I find how do I find my tribe? I think the internet's going to help. Thank you, YouTube. But you got to connect for real. All right, that's all I got. A little bit of preaching, a little bit of thinking.